Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District. And every week, we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we interview Kristen Campos. She teaches at Fern Drive Elementary in Fullerton, California. Well, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're so glad to have you here. Um, so um, before we get started, tell me where you teach from what grade? I teach kindergarten at Fern Drive. Awesome, awesome. I was just there recently to tour the library. Oh. Um, that's a gorgeous Amazing. library. Amazing. Right? I love it. I love yeah. the color scheme, and I like the metal and the wood. And yeah. Yeah, there, wish my there, classroom looked like that. There's a video on our uh, Facebook page of the library, so go check that out. If mm -hmm. um, if you go to f just put in Fullerton School District on Facebook, and it's one of the more recent videos. Okay, it's a cool space. Yes, it's a cool space. Yes. Um, so to open, we just want to kind of ask you um, about your journey into teaching. So okay. can you tell us how did that happen for you? Um, I actually went to USC to um, become a pharmacist. Okay. Um, I was a pre-farm major, and uh, my first chemistry class, I failed. <laughs> so I told my mom, I'm like, well, I can't be a pharmacist if I failed chemistry. So then, uh, being at USC, the... Did, did she believe you, or was she like, no, you need to Well, need obviously to I ahead. failed, and so she was just like, well, what else can you do there? <laughs> so I said, oh, well, you know... SC is known for their business school, so I actually went through their business school and okay. graduated with um, a degree in marketing. Okay. So um, I was fortunate that I graduated during the teacher shortage when they went 20 to 1, mm. and so they really need to hire a lot of teachers. And the summer before I uh, graduated, I did intern, and I realized how much I hated going to the, the site you know, okay. you go into a cubicle and you stay there all day and yeah. then you leave for lunch and you go right back in and oh. it's just depressing. You're depressing me. Yeah, it was just sounds <laughs> depressing. And I realized I just wanted to be near sunlight and so <laughs> I didn't think that was a big deal, but that was. And Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Like you went through a whole four years of a major yeah. and then found out the the place that that major is applied didn't suit you. Yeah, and so I happened to walk through the career fair my senior year and um, went to the LAUSD booth. Okay. And then they said, right now, if you, have, you graduate with a BS, you can come and do our intern program. And that's how I got my credential. I did um, a two-week boot camp and they threw me in the classroom and go like, all right, teach kindergarten. <laughs> No way. Yes, yes. And then... Wait, um, go back. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard of a two-week boot camp. So what what did that come... What was that made of? That was just telling you how to handle kids in different situations. Was it specific to the kindergarten grade? No. To, no. to elementary school. Okay. So it was basically um, just classroom management skills. Okay. You know, just get you, Do you in the classroom. Do you remember anything from those two weeks? Is there something no. that... No. It was a big blur. <laughs> it was a big blur. Big blur. And then all of a sudden, like, I think two weeks after that, I was in the classroom. Oh, my god! It was fast. It was really fast. And you were in the classroom as a full-time teacher? Yes. No. 
way, wow. Yes, without any knowledge of how to teach anything. Okay. And so, um, luckily, I did reciprocal teaching, and okay. so my partner taught in the morning, and okay. I just mirrored her in the afternoon. Oh. So that helped. Okay. And then on my... So, walk me through that. Mm -hmm. Reciprocal teaching, <clears throat> where I came from, was like a cooperative group strategy oh, okay. for teaching secondary. Mm -hmm. So, reciprocal teaching means well, basically, like a split contract? Uh, no, it's no. we shared one classroom. Okay. And so, in the morning, she taught, and I was acting like her aide. Oh, And then we okay. flipped in the afternoon. Yeah. when the second group of kids came in and then I'm the main teacher and then she's my aide. So wow. I was kind of lucky because then I just modeled myself after her. Right. And that helped a whole lot. Wow. Yeah, and so she pretty much helped me and then once I started learning how to teach, okay. <laughs> then I was able to create some of my own lessons so after that. So she wasn't new as well. No. So she, oh, okay, so you're so. paired with somebody Oh, that's interesting. So I was very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and so then on third and every Thursday evening, I went to my classes and, <laughs> and, and, learned, yeah, and learned and learned about how teaching. to teach different subjects. Exactly. That's interesting. What do you remember from that first year, either from her or just by experience, um, lessons that that you picked up uh, that you're like to this day you're like that's something uh, it's a, a like a principle about teaching or a concept or a skill or a strategy even. I, I don't know. I think for me, it was just so natural to step into a classroom. I knew for, from my very young age I wanted to be a teacher, but uh, my Asian parents said no. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, okay. And so then I just kind of followed what they did, and then I just came back to teaching. And So um, go back. Mm -hmm. What what was it that made you know you wanted to be a teacher? What, what? My teacher. Okay. My sixth grade teacher. Oh, okay. She... Um, Mrs. Dunlop was just someone that made an impact on me okay. and made me want to be a lifetime learner. Tell and me more about that. She read to us the most amazing books after lunch every day. Yeah. And Do I'm, you remember any of yes. those books? Yes. Tell me. Yes. Anna tell Green me. Gables. Really? Still one of my favorites because it's the, one of few stories I remembered where the character is female and mm. strong. Wow. And she was just feisty. Yeah. And I, it resonated with me as a child. That's awesome. So, That's so awesome. Yeah. And so Mrs. Dunlop is why I f sat there in her class and I fantasize about bulletin boards. <laughs> and You're how, kidding. No. <laughs> I fantasize about like grouping kids and like what I could do, but my parents kind of shut down that wow. idea. But. But I knew from a you know, like I said, at young age. That's so powerful. Yes. Because you saw this powerful model right in front of you, and you, it like engaged your imagination mm -hmm. about. That's so awesome. You're I know. Like, I want to do that. <laughs> that's cool. So it's interesting. So I just want to give a, a shout out to reading aloud to mm -hmm. students, because that's a very powerful moment. You mm -hmm. remember it. I remember, mm -hmm. like the, I had a couple of teachers who would read to us after lunch. Yes, I still remember, you know, Runaway Ralph and all these books that exactly. That we, were, yeah. we, I remembered her reading Where the Red Fern Grows, Anna Green Gables. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and they're not short, easy books, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, you know, but. It's funny because my brother was in the same grade with me. He sat in the back sleeping. Oh. So he didn't get the same <laughs> impact uh, with the teacher. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. 
Okay, so shout out to Ms. Dunlap. Mrs. Dunlop. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And where where was that? Where was that school? Is she still, no. are you in contact with her? No. no. Well, okay. she was already close to retirement when okay. I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um, it was at a um, school in Rosemead. Okay. Willard Elementary School. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, hope she's doing well. She did She did good by you. She inspired yeah, yeah. you. Exactly. Okay, That. So you're, so let's flash forward. You started teaching in LA Unified. Mm-hmm. Reciprocal teaching was the first year. Mm-hmm. And then where did you go in your career after that? Okay, so um, my husband and I got married after, um, you know, a few years. Mm-hmm. And um, I taught three years with LA Unified. We got married and then I came to Orange County. Um, I did some subbing and then I got lucky and got a job interview at Fern Drive with um, Harriet Herman. Mm-hmm. And that's how the that's, that's how it happened. That's how it happened, <laughs> and I've been at Fern Drive for you know nearly my entire Fullerton career. Okay, so you started teaching kindergarten. Is that mainly where you stayed, or I've taught? Um, let me see. Gosh, I'm losing track of my years now because it's been like <laughs> 20 years of teaching. Um, I've taught mostly primary, kindergarten, and mm. um, first grade, mm-hmm. and I did one year in second grade and one year in third grade, but I'm strongest with the little ones. Wow, yeah. that's so great and much needed. So bless you for <laughs> bless you for doing that. Um, and it's funny, but I just find like, well, that's it's easy for me. It's just, it's you know, wow, I don't find it great. too hard. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I find the big kids hard. So, <laughs> so tell me um, something else you learned in those first couple years that has stuck with you um, about you know, you know how to. You, you said a lot came naturally. So sometimes mm-hmm. when things come naturally, we don't identify what we're doing. Yeah. But were there things that you either had to learn or you did naturally, and people commented on that you realized, oh, that's that's helpful for a teacher. Yeah, um, I like change. Okay. I'm, I don't like a constant. Okay. So I don't do a good job keeping track of like things I've created. So if I lose it, and I'm like, oh, I'll just create a new one. <laughs> and usually if you have to create a new one, then it's what you need at that moment for the kids that you have. Oh, that's so, good. So for me, you know, or if I really want something that I create and I can't get a hold of it, I know one of my colleagues would have a copy of it, you know. But, you know, overall, that's what, you know, I've always had the mentality of doing is, I like change. I don't. Yeah. I get bored, and so every couple mm. of years I try to do something else. You know, to jazz it up. Do something else. That sounds very broad. I know. I know. Like, <laughs> like for example, any, yeah, give me an um, example. A couple years ago, <laughs> Ann Cosma did a presentation about sketch noting and, okay. and such, and so yeah. one of the things that stuck with me on that was, you know, she says, "Kill the worksheet," and so I'm like. Okay, <laughs> so so I let it stew in my head for a bit, and then I went to another presentation on seesaw from her at Q, and so at that moment I said to her, "I'm gonna do worksheet free next year," and she's like, "Do it," and then you know once you say it, you kind of <laughs> stuck with it because you just told somebody. Yeah. And so the following year, which was last year, I decided I yeah went worksheet free. I didn't use the photocopier unless I had a substitute. Mm-hmm. And um, I also did flexible seating. Oh. And so it was a lot of change at once, but <laughs> I, you know, it was scary at first, the first month. Yeah. Then once I got to the swing of it, honestly, I can't go back. I, I'm so happy with what I'm doing now. I feel like it's a challenge and it's exciting. Wow. You know, and it's exciting to see five-year-olds do it. Yeah. 
So you just talked, uh, you just named a strategy that I don't know if you maybe have done this uh, other times, but you said, um, you told Anne, I'm gonna go, you know, worksheet free. Uh Um, And she said, do it. And so you said that moment of like telling someone else where you said, yeah, I'm gonna Uh do it. So that verbal commitment, Uh is that something you've done other times? Yes. Um, Okay, so tell me about that. It's just, you know, it's real once it's out, you know? (laughs) It's not in your head and just kind of like, you know, you're stewing over it. And so there's, you know, I don't, I might not be able to pinpoint exact moments, but that's how I make commitments to change. Ooh, that's so, so good. So for me, if okay. I say it or if I tell them I'm thinking about this and someone says do it, then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And yeah. that's always been my personality. Yeah. So for our listeners, like when we talk about themes of innovation and risk taking, mm-hmm. so here's a strategy is to make a verbal commitment to somebody else. It kind of mm-hmm. makes it real. Yeah. And then... Um, so part of that is, like I picture that in my life, the times I've done it, I'm usually telling somebody who will help remind me or keep me on track or I'm gonna see them and they're it's gonna like ask. like having a workout buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So are there those people, are, are, is it, does it work for you to have somebody who's gonna be like there for accountability or does it not matter and you're just like, I'm just, whoever I said it to, that does something inside your head and you're like, I'm, I'm all in. It's not accountability for me. It's more is, uh, for me, it's having someone believe in me. Oh, okay, So I, I usually address it to my mentors. So oh. I, that's why I told Anne, because Anne makes yeah. you feel like you can do anything yeah. you set your mind to. And um, sometimes I get ideas, I'll tell Julie, my principal, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing, go do it. And what's the worst that can happen? It fails, and then you can either learn from it and do better, <laughs> or just say, all right, that didn't work, and then try something else. Yeah, so. that's great. There's some really rich lessons in here about risk-taking and innovation. Mm-hmm. I love that strategy of telling somebody you're gonna do it, and mm-hmm. that, that verbal commitment. Um, do you have an example or a time related to what you just said? You try it, it doesn't work, and then you just kind of throw it away and say, <laughs> oh well, it didn't work. Yeah. Is that, can you recall a time where well, you did that? it didn't work, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I know our listeners are like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but what's what's the real example? Well, you know how they had that personalized gaming thing for the upper grades, mm-hmm. right? And I was trying to think, is there something I can do for my kindergartners, you know? Oh, okay. And so I thought about doing brag tags with them. So when they learn their letters, you, they get a little, like, you know, a little, trinket to say, hey, mm. I know my 26 letters. Yeah. But with so many skills, it became so overwhelming just to keep mm. track of like where everyone's at with every single skill. That so brag tag, is that something you made up? No, I, I think it's something I've seen. I've where, not heard that. Yeah, oh yeah, so it's just like a key ring, and whenever they do a skill, they get a little you know, really it's just a little piece of paper that says, I know 100 words, and oh, they put it cool. onto their clip. Oh, that's cool. And so I did that last year, but it was just time consuming mm. to maintain. And so now I take a picture of them and I just send it to Seesaw. Oh, <laughs> and so okay. the parents see it that way instead, yeah. instead of the little, you know. Yeah, well, last year in our, we had a sixth grade, um, it was a research study with Marzano, but um, mm-hmm. we used spirit sticks. Have you seen those? Mm-mm. They're like a little embroidered um, 
patch, okay. I guess, and it's kind of long, and it has could have the word of the standard like word choice, mm -hmm. and when they master that standard, they put it on a key ring. Yeah, so, so similar to yeah, that. Yeah, similar so to brag, that. Brag tag, that's yeah, cool. But it's catchy. But yeah, it didn't. But it was hard to manage all the yeah, all the skills. It was just you know because they were just learning so many things, and there's 30 kids that are learning different skills at different times. Yeah, that it was just. I, was, I got carried away with the yeah. the idea, but you're using this as an example of something you tried, and then you're like, I can't keep it up was, with it. Yeah, it was really <laughs> time consuming and I got all pumped up. Yeah, I think if I found a, a more effective way of doing it, or maybe or streamline which which skills I want to highlight mm. and not do all the skills, mm -hmm. I think there's a way to do it successfully. Mm. So cool. I still have to let it marinate in my head a little bit longer. Yeah, and that's interesting. So that's part of trying something new is it's not, okay, so you didn't do it again the next year, mm -hmm. but that's not the end of it. No. Like you're like, the idea is there, it's living, it's part of your, your memory and your mm -hmm. thinking and kind of your intellect about teaching. Mm -hmm. And it's it may come back in a different form, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, have you ever tried something, and then it didn't work, but some part of it did work or did stick with you? Um, so, like how ideas change over time. Like you you said early on, um, you like change. Mm -hmm. uh, that caught me off guard because usually usually <laughs> I'm the one who's trying to like prompt people. Like how do you how do you you know, attach these things you're talking to mm -hmm. to innovation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you're the first person, but oh. definitely you're like, I like change. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, talk yeah. about this. So what about ideas changing over time? Can you think of um, how you usually manage that? Do you write things down? Do you just let them kind of sit in your consciousness? Like how do you, I guess, what's your practice as a teacher to be mm -hmm. reflective about things that didn't work out? Huh. Gosh. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so hard when you have to think of that one thing, right? Um, um, I don't know. Um, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the idea, and we can come back okay. to this because we, we are probably, we should start getting into our quotes from our, our people. Uh -huh. But the idea is like, how do you manage ideas that kind of come to the surface, mm -hmm. they get your attention, you try them, they don't work out, but then you don't uh, totally abandon them. Mm -hmm. They come, they, you know, even your failures are a part of you. Yeah, yeah. But ideas that change over time, mm -hmm. like that's kind of the idea. Sometimes I try to search out other teachers who have tried it. Oh, okay. You know, and, um, you know, for example, I wanted to do a genius hour with kindergarten. Okay. And so a I, genius hour with kindergarten. Yes. Okay. So this this is for my li listeners, and this is for me. So twenty percent time or genius hour is like, and you can tell me I'm wrong, yes. but it's like, hey, pick something you're interested in exactly, and research it. Exactly. And it, it's free time exactly. with kindergarten. Yes. You didn't do this. I tried it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I sh it's something I'm, that's kind of one of my, what's new I'm going to do this year and we'll see where okay. I can take it. Okay. So I launched it and the, the obstacle I'm finding right now is they have these great ideas, but with kindergartners, if one kid does it, all of a sudden, all of them will want to do it. So mm. the idea of Genius Hour is that you do something you want to learn about and then you help them, you know, create these projects, mm -hmm. right? But then I realized that one kid said cooking and another one said, oh, I want to do something for the school. But they're all great ideas mm. that I think once I help, like, you know, Zachary help with his cooking lesson, 
someone's gonna like, well, that smells kind of good. I want to yeah. make pancakes too. Right. And then, or I have someone who wants to make a planner box for their school, and that's one of the ideas we came up with. I know that once we start that example, the other kids are gonna want to do mm. it too. And so right now, mm. I'm trying to figure out, is there a way for me to maybe have us do all the projects? <laughs> but that's a lot of projects. Yeah. But yeah, so I decided to kind of put you know, a stop to it right now while I'm still working out the details. And mm. then I'm thinking like when we come back, in January, mm, okay. we're going to organize a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. So kind of pacing things and and mm -hmm. don't feel pressure to. I launched it. I have to see it through. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting. So, so that's, that's yeah. I started it, and then when I got all these ideas, I'm writing the ideas with the kids, and they're really excited to learn it too. But then yeah. I realized there's such fantastic ideas that I think the kids <laughs> all want to do it. You know. Yeah. So yeah. That's great. We're, I'm going to jump in. Uh, something you said there reminds me of one of these uh, stories. Okay. So this is from your your principal, Julie, okay. Julie Brandon at Fern. And um, the question was a significant moment mm -hmm. um, where you are being you. Mm -hmm. um, so she writes, a few years ago, I asked Kristen if she ever thought about being a presenter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you remember this? Yes. <laughs> you do. Because I thought she was talking about the staff in general. Like she, yeah. um, she prefaced it by saying, you know what? Our staff is doing such amazing things. I think we're ready to present. And I'm sitting there listening to her. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I didn't realize that she was planting a seed in, in my head and not anyone else's. Oh. But she, she knew. I think she knew how to say it to me. Yeah. That it'll just stick in my head, and I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. And so it happened at OCQ. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then think much of it. Wait, you said it happened at. What does that mean? Oh, when she says to me, hey, I think our staff should present. Yeah. She was. We were just sitting, talking at yeah. OCQ. Okay. And then okay. we went. So that conversation was yeah, at OCQ. She mentioned it. And Got then it. she mentioned it again at the other queue, okay. um, the one in Palm Springs. Yeah. And then I really thought about it at that point, because that's the thing about me. If you just plant those seeds in my head, it just grows. Yeah. And so then the second time she mentioned me, I'm like, you know, I think I can do that. And so then after it clicked to me that, hey, I think I want to present, I realized that she was just talking to me. <laughs> and not, <laughs> I thought she was telling this to the whole staff. I thought she was just shooting a breeze and, you know, shooting the breeze and just saying, hey, it would be a great deal if we did it. And no, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> the case. That's funny. So yeah, so the first time I presented was at the Strengthening Your Core yeah. one with Fullerton. That's cool. And then That's I've great. done several after what that. What did you present then. on? Um, at the time, integrating technology, no, integrating art and technology into your curriculum. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. She actually mentions here what we already talked about, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, going paperless. Yes. So she said um, just that you're positive and you know your students can do anything. Mm -hmm. And um, an example is being willing to go paperless. Um, and then she mentions you presenting at OCQ. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's great. So that's interesting that she was talking. Maybe you just kind of took it as a general yes. comment, but later you're like, oh, that was really like almost coaching you, yes. like prompting you. I think so. That's interesting. She's sneaky, that one. She's, <laughs> she's sneaky. It's funny because her bonus feedback uh -huh. is this. She says, Kristen constantly challenges herself to improve. Yeah. So you're saying she's planning ideas in your head, but she's saying you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she says um, her word for you was fearless. Oh. What do you think about that? How do, um, how do you feel about being called fearless? 
I think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should be afraid of anything except, the, except the, the normal scary things in life. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't think change should be something to fear. Yeah. You know, and um, that's what I want to instill in my kids. Mm. That, oh, that's powerful. That they don't, you know, like when they accomplish something, it's just like, you're five and you did it. You know, I'm like... And I'm like telling them, I'm 42. I have had like 37 years of experience. That's why I draw so well. But look, you're five. So, you know, and knowing that they can do something at that age, I feel like there's really no reason why they can't accomplish anything. That's awesome. That's really awesome. All right. So we're going to skip down here and get in another um, another quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Interesting. So this is um, this is a, a bonus from Ingrid Labudis, uh-huh. okay, colleague. And so this is the third question. It's like anything else you want to tell us. So she says, uh-huh. um, Kristen truly enjoys working with her students. The children and parents adore her. She is constantly revamping, and that's something we talked about, yeah. revamping and creating new and exciting lessons for her her students, but I kind of wanted to focus on this part. She's the type of person who will not complain about things. What do you think uh-huh. about that? Is that true or yes? I, yes. I don't. <laughs> I don't like to complain. I sometimes you just have to vent, but I personally don't like to complain. <laughs> Honestly, I don't like when people complain. <laughs> it's like, what is there com- to complain about? I mean, if you don't like something, then you change it. Mm. And that's always been my, my mm. attitude. And it goes back to the whole thing about I like change. If you don't like something, do something about it. Yeah. God gave you the power to do that. Change it. Yeah. So can you think of an example of something that was bothering you? Uh-huh. So, so far, the change ideas I have interpreted as like, oh, here's a good idea. Uh-huh. But I didn't sense that they were coming from like a pain point or something that bothered you. Uh-huh. Um, so can you think of something that like somebody else might have complained about and put up with, uh-huh. but you're like, that doesn't sit right with me, so I'm gonna do, do it differently. Can uh-huh. you think of an example like that? I think, you know, okay, so we know that Fullerton is very innovative. And on top of that, there's just things we have to maintain. So mm-hmm. we have to adopt a new reading series and a new writing, you know, mm-hmm. program and a new math series, and it all kind of came quick and fast. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like it's happening. I can't stop it from happening. So what am I going to do to, you know, to, um, you know, to do this in my classroom? How do I succeed in my classroom? And so I sit and I really think about, okay, what can I do well now? And I work on that and get mm-hmm. better at it. Instead of saying, I can't believe they're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. And I'm like, I try to be patient, mm-hmm. you know, so then, then I would go back and I try to think about okay, how can I help this person? Mm. So then I, hopefully I'll try to find some baby steps to help them move along to just you know feel that they can do it because mm. I feel like if I can do it, anyone can. So it's interesting that connects to another um, another comment somebody said um, the one word. Um, so you're talking about when other people are saying I don't like this, I'm uncomfortable with this, I don't, I don't. I don't get this. I don't mm-hmm. know why they're changing it. And you go back away from the conversation and kind of think about ways to help that person. Mm-hmm. So the one word that um, your husband, Justin, 
gave us to stand in for you was um, compassionate. Mm -hmm. And so I make that connection where you're trying to help somebody through change. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean that he used that word to describe you? He knows how, mo how much I love teaching mm. and um, how much of my my students at school are you know my children as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I truly care for people and the greater good. Mm. I am one of those like bleeding hearts, you know, <laughs> and I, I hear about things and it just makes me like so sad if I can't fix it. Mm. Um, and it's just one of those little things, you know, like how horrible our environment is. And so mm. my kids at school, if you make a mistake, what do you do? You flip the paper over because we don't always paper, <laughs> you know? And so we, you know, we drawing something and it doesn't turn out right. Then we use the other side. And even with my easel paper, I pull it off and I flip it over and I use the back side of it yeah. because just this, you know, there's some things we just can't change, and you yeah. know, and he knows that I have a, a bleeding heart for some <laughs> some of those issues, and you know, children that are just less fortunate, you know, I I cry yeah. over sometimes. Yeah. Um, he yeah. he actually, in the second question, a significant moment um, where you were being you. He talked about a time where you helped him mm -hmm. through a difficult time with his job. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. So he he said uh, he would come home feeling frustrated and uncertain about what um, what he should do and just talking about even after a long day of teaching mm -hmm. you're available to listen and mm -hmm. encourage him um, and that you've always been there um, to help him through his like struggles with work. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's interesting like during the context in the context of work and mm -hmm. classroom and um, thinking about students, but it's it's like in both work and home, it's is it the same type of compassion, I guess, or what do you think? I think so, if you're a compassionate person. Mm -hmm. I, um, I truly care for people that mm -hmm. I work with and um, the people I interact with. I love being able to help somebody and just having people know they're not alone. Mm. And I think feeling alone is, you know, very, very, <laughs> Yeah. No, isolating. Yeah. And so I just, I know I'm a coworker, but I want people to know that honestly, if mm. you need anything, you can just give me a call. Yeah. And I'm like that with my students. I'm like that with my colleagues. I try mm. to be as you know, available as much as I can. So I do have a hard time saying no, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's not so much saying no. I can say no if you're, you're telling me to do something, yeah. but if you're asking me, yeah. It's different. Yeah. I think if you're asking for help, it's different. And that's uh, that's his third bonus feedback was um, that you graciously give time and energy to, to those you, you care about. Um, and he sees it firsthand, uh, how you're a mother to the, your children mm -hmm. and your passion for teaching. Um, and he also attaches going ab above and beyond, um, giving um, your time and energy to looking for innovative things to do in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So does that, um, is that part of it? The looking for innovation is part of compassion? Um, I think, I think so, because I feel like, I, I know one of the, you know, one of the easy complaints for teachers is, you know, the kids are so different from the way they used to be. <laughs> and it's not a fault of theirs, right. you know, so I can't say it's your fault, you know? <laughs> and so, so now we know that these kids are tech savvy. We know that some of them do live on an iPad. I, 
uh, some of them are babysat with an iPad. And so mm. that's kind of why I really like the idea of going, you know, worksheet free. Mm. Was that, okay, these kids are coming to us different than how am I going to tap into what they are interested in. Mm. And so my poor husband, I am one of those crazy people with a phone on my hand all the time. And so my attention is split sometimes, you know, and I'm looking through, finding apps that I can use in the classroom. Mm. I'm going through Pinterest and Twitter and trying <laughs> to look for what is someone else doing in their class and how can I bring it down to kindergarten, you know, and. That's awesome. So I think so because, you know, the kids, they come the way they are. So what are we gonna do to, yeah. to address those changes? Yeah. So surprisingly, shockingly, <laughs> our 30 minutes has flew, <laughs> flew by. Um, and so um, I'm gonna just get, I think this, this interview has been very, very rich. Like oh, I got some you. very concrete strategies. Mm -hmm. um, and um, like, I love how you were just directly like um, right away talking about change and how to manage change mm -hmm. and it's related to compassion. I, I got a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. I, I feel encouraged. Um, is there any final words um, that you want to add to to share with anybody who may listen? Maybe a new teacher, maybe a veteran teacher, um, along the lines of you know being fearless and not fearing change. I think with our district, there's such a wealth of knowledge, and I feel like if you just reach out. You might mm. be connected and you don't even, you know, realize that there's so many people out there that are willing to, to help you. I think gone are the days where like, I created this, this is mine, I will only share with a few, you know? Mm. And I think us, I think we're, as a profession, more willing now to, to share all of our ideas. And one of the, you know, great ways of doing that is searching out the experts, right? Or yeah. seeing a lesson you like and just, you know, with the use of social media, it's amazing how you can still contact people over Instagram and Twitter mm -hmm. and say, hey, how'd you do it? And chances are they'll respond back, because I know I respond back when yeah. someone contact me about something I posted. That's so awesome. I think it's just a matter of saying, I need help. Yeah. And not being afraid or just swallowing your pride and say, I need help. And, yeah. you know, what can I do or how can I change? And I think you know, some of us might have a hard time asking for help, but mm. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I love that. That's a great place for us to end. Um, the, uh, don't be afraid, mm -hmm. looking for new ideas or feeling a little bit lost and not sure what to do, ask, mm -hmm. ask somebody, reach out, connect. Exactly. Yeah. That's great, well, that's our time, and I just wanna say thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.